Hi, everybody, and you are listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Kyle Shimabukuro. Is it? And our special guest is Taimane Gardner. Taimane, woo! Applause! Uh, hey. Before we begin, let me remind all of our listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. To listen to the podcast, you can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and download us there. And finally, you can email the show at highsessions at yahoo.com. Now, if you'd like to help the show and get more music on our channel, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and donate. There you'll be more involved with the show, uh, help determine who comes on and what is filmed, especially on the musical act. So uh, Taimani's been on the show a couple of times, and we always uh, love when she comes on. But hey, if you have any kind of requests, we'll take them there at the Patreon. Uh, we'd like to thank Jeff from California for uh, his Patreon donation. So thank you, Jeff. He's our Patreon of the week. And, uh, and that's it. That's it for now. So, Taimane, uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but you've been keeping busy, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, since I'm not touring right now, there's so many other aspects of, of the music that I've been wanting to do, and I just haven't been able to do it. So I've really been focusing on the new album and creating merchandise, because right now I only have a CD available, and I mean, who really listens to CDs anymore? So really focusing on the things that I've been wanting to do now that I have the time. <laughs> yeah. I always tell the story. So last year I had this... Um, I had this plan that I was going to play solo in Waikiki for one year and just do these kind of solo gigs, just kind of like up my solo game. And mm -hmm. what I would do is I have all these old CDs. Like when you're old like me, you're still young, but when you get old like me, you have this inventory of leftover shit that's just like in your garage or whatever. So what I do is I just stack up some CDs. And if anybody gave me a tip, even if it was a dollar, I would just give them a CD. I'm trying to unload these. But this young girl came up to me. She's probably like your age. And uh, she put a tip in the tip jar, and I said, "Oh, here, you know, have a CD." And she goes, "I don't have, a, I don't have a CD player." I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, young people don't even yeah. have CDs anymore. So. Young and old, but that's a great idea, actually, right? To like clean your house, but mm -hmm. also that people, you know, are able to listen to it. But yeah, clean house, money, and then I give you something. But you know what you guys should do is you guys should sign the CD. So even if they don't listen to it, it's a it's a keepsake, and they can put it in a you know in a frame or in their house to you know show you know even if they don't use it. Oh, do you sign that. your guys? Do you sign your CD, John, when you give it away? No, I don't. Just no. Pre-sign some. I'm sure people will be stoked to get it. You know. I guess so. I think about when I there's been a couple of people where I've seen them. I don't know here and there like around the U.S. and I've been in a bar or something. I thought they were good. I go up and buy their CD. I just bring it home and I upload it to my iTunes and then CD's gone. Like, I don't know. I don't keep them anymore. But um, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I got to, you know, well, first of all, I'm playing at a, at a bar in Waikiki. So it's not like people are really paying attention anyway. So I don't think I'm getting big fans. But the, that's the whole point, right? You, you're there to practice in a way, but entertain at the same time. But Did you ever find one on the table that they forgot? They just left it because they didn't care. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no one's been, yeah, that would be kind of uncool. But everyone's yeah. taking it when I have given it. Though. Oh, that's good. At least they appreciate your gift. But hey, but Taimani, you, you grew up in Waikiki, right? That was your whole beginning of your career. 
Yeah, I uh, started I started on the streets of Waikiki, so like Kalakala Avenue. Um, my dad would take me out. I think I, I think I was like seven when I first went out, and he would. I just loved performing. I loved making my dad happy, and that would make him happy. So uh, mm-hmm. I loved making people happy. So he took me out at seven, and then uh, we actually moved to New Zealand um, for a couple years. Oh, really? And then he came back. Yeah, we moved. Uh, I think it was around eleven at the time when we moved uh, to New Zealand for like two years. Um, wanted to try something new. My dad, um, he used to work at Punahou. He decided to leave. And then uh, we were there and we loved it. It was beautiful, but there's something about, you know, Hawaii home. So we came back home and then I started going on the streets again in Waikiki. And that's kind of where it all started for me. You were part of the the Don Ho show for a long time. And they, you know, your bio says that uh, he discovered you, but was it was it literally he was walking by one day or was it someone from the show that said, you got to see this girl? And uh, how did that that all come together? Yeah, so it was someone from his show, a singer named Angel Pablo. He was a performer with Uncle Don. And uh, yeah, I was just jamming uh, on Kalakala. And then uh, he asked me to meet Uncle Don. So I met him in Haumea. Uh, at okay. the Don Ho Grill at Aloha Tower back in the day. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of like, that was like the interview, checking me out, checking what I do. And um, I, you know, at the time I didn't know who, who he was, you know, I was, I think I was like 13, you know, I was like interested uh-huh. in like boys and middle school drama. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just a super chill, had his like Elvis sunglasses on, had like a glass of wine and um, I, I think I remember Halmea doing mostly of the talking, actually. And uh, they loved what I did and invited me to a show at the Beachcomber Hotel. And, you know, I, that was my first, like, first professional where you get paid uh, gig, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of, yeah, he took me under his wing and kind of showed me the ropes. Yeah, man, they don't have that anymore. For those of you listening that um, want to visit, you know, if you go to Waikiki, they have like uh, dance clubs and stuff like that, but they don't do a lot of like, I mean, they have the lounge type Hawaiian music stuff, but they don't have shows anymore. They used to have shows, you know, like the Don Ho show and Magic of Polynesia and all that kind of stuff. But Casamero's used to play too, right? Casamero's, um, yeah, at, at the Royal Hawaiian yeah. Hotel. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of a sad thing. I was trying. I was thinking about um, if there was anybody more famous from Hawaii than Don Ho, but I was thinking maybe Israel, Tamaka Viva Ole. It's probably those two most famous people, right? Well, Obama, I guess. Well, Bruno. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, we we have a pretty good we have a pretty good track record there. Yeah, man. Momoa, The Rock. Bette Midler? I think even Bette Midler. Yeah. That's, right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Once you once you get started thinking about it, then yeah, all these names start pouring out, I guess. Kelly Preston. Quite talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talent that comes out of here. Yeah. So you picked up the ukulele at, at what age? I was five years old when um, my dad gave it to me and then I like I pretended I was a, a rock star and I just played in front of the mirror and I just loved I loved it and then I broke a string and I was so scared I thought my dad was gonna be mad but he wasn't and so he just kind of got me involved with um, Roy Sakuma he was one of my oh, okay. teachers and Kaimuki and then another guy named Mike Basquez who was also in Kaimuki as well so I kind of took from a couple uh, teachers at a young age and and you have this uh, um, 
you play a lot of like rock, flamenco, as as well as uh, Hawaiian stuff. But was that always something the kind of music that you liked when you were growing up? What what kind of music? You weren't uh, a Backstreet Boys or uh, oh, of course. Well, no, not Backstreet. I was an NSYNC girl. NSYNC. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> what are the other? Yeah. So I was a huge NSYNC. No. So I was totally an NSYNC. Uh, Britney Spears. Um, yeah, but then my, you know, my dad again, he introduced me to um, Led Zeppelin. And then from there, just kind of, oh. I was 15 when I found Led Zeppelin. And then The Doors, Pink Floyd, and just kind of opened that whole rock thing. But even before that, I was into Evanescence. I don't know if uh -huh. you guys know. Yeah, yeah, I know Evanescence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're awesome. Yes, I love the operatic classical and element into that metal. It just, I feel like it's such a nice tie in together. But man, you went old school with your rock music. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, like I would listen to the oldie station with my, with my parents in the car. So just grew up listening to, you know, 107.9. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock and oldies. But you weren't around for 98 rock. That's Kyle's generation. That was a that was a big thing back in the eighties. They had they had memorabilia that was just as um, popular as the station itself. They would sell like T-shirts, caps, stickers, and everything at Kramer's and stuff. And it would just it turned into a fashion statement in, in back in the eighties. Yeah. But your dad, does your dad um, have any musical background? Like, was he a performer before? What's, this, what's the background? So, not my dad. My dad's like, he's very like business. He gave me the business, business work ethic. But my mom, she was uh, the musical one. And she's, uh, she was from Samoa. So, she was one of 11. And, like, everyone was talented musically and could do everything. So... Uh, I guess it came from my Samoan side, and uh, so yeah, I had mom's talent, and then dad's business work ethic, and then uh, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I've met your dad a few times, and he's a uh, he's a nice guy, and you can tell that he's he's a thinker. You know, like he's not he he wants not only does he want the best for Taimane, you know, from the music side, but he just wants her to. I just remember him being wanted her to traverse this business without being taken advantage of, you know, which happens quite a bit. So it's always kind of nice to see because um, that's how my parents were and a lot of people get caught, right? We, I, we talked about that with Roman from uh, Kalohe Kai last week about the business side. But yeah, the parents there can be helpful. And he wasn't one of these, like, because I've dealt with others that are, the parents are way too overboard on the protection side, you know, but mm -hmm. um, kind of right, right in that nice sweet spot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you had yeah. to work with him, so I'm sure you have a different opinion on certain things. Yeah, totally. yeah, no, he's, yeah, he definitely wanted to set me up with a good, you know, good life. And so this was definitely, you know, something that uh, I think he was looking in the long term for me. You know, I was, you, you don't really think about those things as, as a young child. So I'm very grateful for what he and, you know, my mom provided. So, yeah. yeah. Um. I was gonna say that it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to know that you liked like the Insyncs and the the Britney Spearses of the world because so uh, I you know I dealt with Jake for a long time and Jake was one of these guys who would bring a lot of this eclectic music him and Lopaka really to the band but if you asked him who uh, I'm trying to think of who would be a, a big name if you asked him who New Kids on the Block was he'd have no idea 
<laughs> I, I mean, back back in the day when I mean he was just all eclectic, you know, kind of stuff, and he didn't do a lot of the pop the pop music. So that was kind of interesting. But you have a nice blend of both the rock and the and the pop, I guess. Yeah, I think that has to do with me just like being in the business of um, entertaining people. You know, mm-hmm. you pop music is very popular for a certain reason. So you know, I've I've always been. Uh, tuned into that plus I I just loved the music yeah well and you seem to have a more like uh, normal growing up I guess you went to Waldorf right Uh, that was one of the schools I went to I started actually in Punahou kindergarten to fourth grade and that's when when we moved to New Zealand Zealand. years came back then then I went to Neal Valley middle school and then from there I went to Kalani for like A little bit, and then I went. Give you for that. Oh, oh, and you ended up at Walt. Okay. Wow, geez, that's a lot of moving around. Yeah, I know. I I I wasn't getting kicked out or anything. I just, I don't know. I was just moving all over the place. So. So now that you've been playing, and and I was telling Kyle before we got on, uh, you're one of our more most popular artists. You know, as far as like cumulative. I don't know if we added up all your videos together as far as the views and the, I mean, the people are commenting all the time on your stuff. I don't know if you read all that comments and whatnot, but um, you're kind of known internationally, internationally now. And how is it dealing with that? I mean, is it, uh, are you always replying to a message? You must get a billion messages on your videos and your Instagrams and your Facebooks. And do you have some of that? I can't even imagine like, you know, just the amount of just volume of questions and requests and stuff that come in. How do you handle all that kind of stuff? Well, I, I don't read all of it, but I, I, I love social media too. So I, I handle it uh, mostly on Instagram though, sometimes on Facebook or YouTube, but I definitely read as much as I can. And uh, so I guess if I am feeling emotional then i will answer but yeah i don't try and answer every single single one that would be way too much um but yeah i travel a lot too so maybe that's why it's so international and i also like to play you know music in different languages to different cultures so maybe that's why there's like international people as well just yeah did you have a lot of stuff planned for this year yeah i was supposed to i was gonna do south by southwest i did that one the first time last year and then I was gonna do it again and then I was actually gonna do Glastonbury in the summer and that's all I can think of but those were like the two big ones that I was really excited about and um, at the same time I was running myself ragged too you know touring can definitely take a toll Mm -hmm. on your body and so I've honestly have been loving being being at home and not having any social obligation or any type of obligation at all Besides, you know, running out of money, you know, <laughs> <laughs> <Great. laughs> Is your primary residence in Hawaii right now? Where are you? Yeah, so I'm back home. Um, yeah, I'm on Oahu, based on Oahu. Okay. Kind of like Mo'ili'ili, Kamuki area. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is yeah. kind of funny because, uh, you know, we do, this, we do this podcast weekly and we talk to a lot of musicians and a lot of musicians are just working on projects right now because why not? I mean, you're not touring out and about. I mean... Yeah, it just makes sense, right? Because you have to keep busy somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's great to hear. I bet the studios are just getting absolutely crazy. 
but yeah, you have all this time and you're like inspired because you're at home. You're not distracted by, you mm-hmm. know, touring or stuff like that. So that, I guess that makes, makes sense. You know, you're not stressed out as much so you can kind of like create more. Yeah. What, what, what studio are you working at right now? Um, I'm over with Pierre Grill over at oh. Rendezvous Recording in Manoa. And then sometimes I go over to Blue Planet uh, and Kalihi. Those are the two, two ones I like to go to. Yeah, Pierre, um, I have to give Pierre props because I, I have this, uh, one time I was asked to play uh, on a, I had to sing something for a Rene Paulo project. Rene Paulo is a, he's a pianist here in town and he's world-renowned guy, so super good, you know. And I felt like it was such an honor to, to be asked. I thought, oh, I got to take this opportunity. But um, I, I, I have to admit, it, it, I was, it was in the middle of like, I was like super busy at work. I think, I think my daughter was just born or something. I had like a million things going on and I just did not have the time to practice, you know? And I got in the studio and, and uh, Rene, he, know, like, he knows his music. And he was like, this guy is like not prepared. You know, he could tell. And uh, Pierre was really sticking up for me and like, no, that's his style. You know, that's how he's doing it. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, uh, it is kind of my style, but I could have practiced this a lot more too, you know, and stuff. But Pierre was like the buffer that was uh, keeping uh, Renee from killing me. <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, he, yeah, it was, it was bad. But it turned out okay in the end, you know. But it's one of those things. So, so yeah, so I'm always grateful to Pierre. And he's a good engineer. He's up in like Manoa, right? Or something like that? Yeah, he's basically in the jungle in this gorgeous house that yeah. you live in. And you just go to like the, not a basement, but you go to like the lowest level. And he's an artist too. So he has all of these paintings that he's acquired. And, you know, I, I like working with him because because he's an artist, I, I'll just say like, I want it to sound shimmery with, you know, sh- sparkles. And he's like, oh, yes, the treble, you want it to be more. He's French, so, <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. the treble, okay, we can do that. You know, if I say that to, like, another engineer, he's like, what? I don't, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But well, that studio that- sounds like an interesting place, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of the more interesting, st- you do feel like you're walking into it, like, you're not in uh, downtown Honolulu anymore, yeah. you know, kind of when you get there. You know, there used to be another studio like that up in Uwanu. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but they called it the Rainforest Studio. And it was like this house and, and they had these huge windows that looked out at like the, the jungle, basically the, the jungle of Uwanu. And then someone bought the land behind them and knocked it all down. I think they put up oh. houses. It's so sad. It's like, oh. man, that sucks so bad, you know? But Yeah. yeah. That yeah, happens. that's so funny. Me and John, were just talking about that. How you like save up all your money to buy this beautiful house with a view, and then like your neighbor decides to just like build. <laughs> yeah. then, you know, you can't really do anything about it either. Right, it happens all the time. So, so you have to be careful. Now, your your last album, um, you had a Earth theme, right? Well, you had water, fire, mm-hmm. um, all those kind of things. Where did that inspiration come from? Like, what what? What was your thought process with that? Because it was kind of cool. I, I liked it. You know, it did have a... People don't do that anymore. They don't tie all their songs together, you know, in an album. But uh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, originally, the one before that was all about the planet. So I wrote a song for each 
planet. That's and right. That's right. So that was kind of like the first concept album. And um, I don't know. I just felt like an album is a story. Whenever I write my album, I actually write a story to it. Like if I were to perform it as a show, um, and and then the music on the album is basically the the background music or you know the score the score behind it. So for me, an album is like a fully, it's like a full show. So you know, and then I've always been inspired by the planets. Like in fourth grade, all my stuff was about you know the solar system and science, and um, so that was a cool idea. And then from there, it just naturally w led to the element the el uh, elemental. Mm -hmm all about the fire, earth, wind, uh, water, just because, you know, I find planets and, and um, elements are entwined as well, especially in astrology, you know, Mars is fire. They, they just go hand in hand. So I kind of just continued down that path uh, of the concept album, which both of those actually were shows that I performed and collaborated with dancers. So fire had like a tango dance and tango dancers. Mm -hmm. Air had like an aerial list. So my music is really visual for me and I like those topics too because it's not very sensitive. Well, it's sensitive, but it's not reactive for people. I feel like everyone feels included in appreciating the elements and appreciating the planet. So that's kind of where, yeah, that yeah. inspiration from. That, that's actually, it's, it's a really good concept. I, I like it a lot. And um, you up there dancing, doing your thing as well is pretty, you know, we did that show at the Blue Note, right, last year together. And I, you know, I hadn't seen you play in a while. And I really felt like, wow, you know, Paimani is like, she's really like, has come into her own now. And like, is Paimani, you know, like you're up there doing your thing. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. Because we've known each other for uh, at least a decade or more or whatever. And to see this like trajectory. And like, like I was telling Kyle before the show, I'm like, you were the star of the show that night. I mean, it was just like, you just, just took it. So. It's really cool. Uh, did you always, I know you always kind of did the dancing thing, but do you, do you have like a certain, do you even practice that or is it just all natural that you just start <laughs> jumping around? Uh, is choreographed, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. No one has ever actually asked me that question. That is so funny that uh, you would ask that. Uh, it just comes out. I don't know why it happens. I love dancing. I, it, I just love to dance so it's hard for me to be in one position and it just kind of I guess became became me you know I just I did I didn't want to I didn't want to I, I just wanted to be myself completely 100% on stage you know and not feel like I have to worry about what I look like and people seem to like it so I was like all right if I can inspire others to just be themselves then I you know that's what I'm hoping I can do and why not enjoy myself on stage too and um, I don't know a part of it also I think is like I become a different character like a different person or like channeling something different and so um, maybe that's where that like weird you know how I like stare people down too like I tend to stare <laughs> at people and make them uncomfortable a little bit so um, yeah I guess that's where that comes from too just kind of like becoming this different creature at you know maybe we can um teach john some moves because when i watch him perform he's just standing still the time oh. i don't move at all yeah <laughs> but you have oh. your thing man you have your 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 voice you got a great voice thank you although i did do a i did do a ricky martin impression back in the oh. day when he was popular so uh 
But maybe I'll bust that out one day. But he's not he's not relevant anymore. I don't even know what happened to that guy. Is he yeah. still around? Never followed him. All right. <laughs> Live in La Vida Loca. But come uh, on, okay, so on a normal day, uh, besides ukulele, this is one of the questions that Kyle and I had because we don't know. We don't know you that well. What what is uh what is Taimane doing on a normal day? Like, what are your interests outside of music? Are you surfer? Are you like into Dungeons and Dragons or what, what, garden? What, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what is the what is the what is the other side that we're not seeing here of of uh, Taimane Garden? I love your guests too. That's really fun. like. <laughs> um, well, the thing about the pandemic, which I love, is having a routine because I would never actually have a routine uh, before then. So this is originally what happens, this is like my normal day. So I'll wake up maybe at like 7, 7.30, uh, which is a new thing for me as well. I was going to say, as a musician or, or now? Okay, so, so now, right? Because that's, that's early for a musician. Yeah, because yeah, so I'm not playing anymore at night. So I guess now, normally, I, I would wake up at 7, 7.30. My new love is matcha. Matcha, um, oh. like a matcha drink. Yeah. So I like go down to a place called Smokies, which is like in the university area. Get, grab a matcha. It's another reason why I wake up early now is for the matcha. Okay, all right. And, and um, what me and Jonathan, my partner, do, um, we drive through Waikiki now just to see how, like, eerie it is. Like, there's no one around. <laughs> Plus, he's a, he's a surfer, so we always, like, check out Diamond Head and do that little drive. And then from there, I, go, I come home, and then I, you know, till 12 p.m., I work on emails, merchandise, you know, that type of stuff. And then 12, I have lunch, and then after that, I either work on music for a couple hours or whatever. And then by, like, 3, I'll do yoga. I do yoga every day. Okay. For, like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, half an hour to an hour. I should do an hour now. And then uh, after that, I start looking at new recipes, try some new stuff. And then while I'm making res while I'm making dinner, I'll listen to Joe Rogan um, until it's time to eat and then have a little wine and then go to bed. That's, that's basically what I do. That is a nice day. It's a nice day. That's a it productive a day. Yeah, super productive. Day. Except for that Joe Rogan podcast, the last one he did is five hours. I'm halfway through right I know. now. I so I mean, yeah, I'm I'm just starting. I've I've gotten twenty is that minutes. The one with uh, Duncan Trussell. Yes, and they're drinking, so it's getting even more interesting. Huh? <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know what's you know what's interesting that I was watching last night, uh, just because it ties into Joe Rogan. But um, when he had Elon Musk on, he was talking about the Neuralink. Did you guys see that huh? he did the yeah. um, presentation? Yeah, yep. that's crazy, right? That's the so, future, man. Yeah, Scary so people, people who are who are listening that don't that don't know what I'm talking about is so Elon Musk and I guess Tesla they've developed this thing called a Neuralink, which is a like a microchip that goes into your brain, and the the first step that they want to use it for is to try to help people who are paralyzed or have issues with, between their brain and their body. So like it, it's basically sending electrical impulses to your brain to bridge the gap between your brain and your body when there's something missing and it's not it's not lining up correctly you know but the part that was crazy i don't know if you guys saw was that the machine that does the surgery did you see the machine that does the surgery no i didn't see that yet okay so so basically they've built a separate machine that is specific for this surgery to put it in your head and you they're not even going to knock you out it's just a general anesthetic they just numb your area but it basically slices your scalp open 
and it looks at your brain and it has so it's oh sorry wait Devin Devin wants to come in hold on he can wait you finish your story ah, sorry I'm sorry I'll bring him in and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll I'll finish my story come on Eric hello how's it timely no problem so Devin sorry we got sidetracked because uh, Taimande listens to Joe Rogan. Which then led me on this uh, thing of talking about oh, Elon man, you Musk. You guys down that deep hole. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> but but right. Dev, have you heard of the Neuralink from Elon Musk? No. Okay, okay. So so uh, you listen to the other side, the other portion. I explained what it is. But anyway, the, this, the, it's a brain implant. Okay. But the machine okay. that puts, so it's basically a little microchip and it has these little strings that, that are electrodes that go into your brain, right? the machine the computer looks at your brain and it's it can see where all the blood vessels are running and then so when it inserts the the microchip with all the little fingers you know all the little electrodes it it will go all around so you, it doesn't hit any blood vessel so it's going straight into your brain without touching any of the blood vessels because it can see all the blood vessels and that so there's no bleeding when wow. they put, put the chip in your that head nuts yeah and then they sew you back up and you're as good as new. That is weird. You remember on that, on that podcast, he was explaining it. And then Joe Rogan said, when are, what year, how many years is it going to take till we see this? And then I think yeah. he said within months, right? And yeah, sure yeah, enough, yeah. Sure enough, it's here already. And that's pretty incredible to see how fast that thing had developed. Yeah. Yeah. So they already, well, so well, in the presentation. What's supposed you, to do? Well, so so that. Well, there's, there's long-term applications, but the short-term application is, is for people who have like paralysis and stuff. Because your brain, right, it, when you get paralyzed, basically yeah. your brain is sending, your, your mind is sending a signal to your hand to move, but the signal is not getting from your brain to your hand or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that Neuralink is gonna send the electrodes to the muscle so that your arm moves when your brain thinks to move your arm. Kind of, you know, so that's, that's the bottom line, but then, Someone asked, yeah, when like, you guys get, when you guys get off topic, you really went off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this for like half an hour already. <laughs> we have the world-famous world ukulele person, and then you can talk about brain. I'll, I'll bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. Okay. So, right. so you know what? It, this is the a reality of um, the $6 million man. I don't know if you, you guys are too young to remember that one. Yeah, but neither. Was, I've heard of that, but I, I've never seen this TV show. It's too old. Yeah. But it's real so, now. It's incredible. Yeah. So someone it's asked, a, uh, yeah. in the future, About if you're going to be able to download your memories, and he said, yeah, you'll be able to download your memories huh? to the Neuralink. So that's going to wow. be pretty crazy. Yeah. That's good because I forget a lot of things. And then they said, <laughs> yeah. you, don't even have to, you don't even have to eventually talk to each other. Remember he right. said that too? Yeah. You People just don't do that now. What are you talking it's about? So crazy. No, you'll be able to read other people's thoughts. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> I will never. They will never stop slapping me. It'll be bad. I know. If yeah, I don't want to read your thoughts either. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not good. Yeah. So tying this all back. So I watch Joe Rogan. You probably listen to him on Spotify or something, but I watch on YouTube. I watch him on YouTube too, actually. Oh, you, yeah. do? you do? Mm -hmm. Okay. And the the new thing on YouTube that I saw with Taimania has to do with the Tiny Desk concert. So that was awesome that you got mm -hmm. to. Where is that even filmed? Is that in New York or something? That is in Washington, D.C. at NPR's um, home, I don't know what you call it, like their home building where all of the yeah. NPR radio things go on. It's pretty That's cool. How did that happen for you? Sorry? How did that happen for you? 
Oh, um, that's when uh, I played at South by Southwest the year before. Oh. And so Bob Boylan, the main guy for Tiny Desk, was in the room. I didn't even know he was there. I, I, you know, I didn't know he was the guy. And so I just did my thing. And then he came up and he's like, I would love for you to come up on this thing called Tiny Desk. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, yes, I, I already watched Tiny Desk. And so that's kind of where that, that happened. That was my last tour. That happened in January. And then I think it came out in March. And that was the last tour um, I was on for this year. So I have a question. So I, I watched it. And of course, that shelf behind you has tons and tons of memorabilia and books and everything to look at. And then in front, there's a desk, right? Or some kind of thing. Where's the audience in that thing? Because I can hear like a lot of people. Yeah. So um, that desk is actually Bob Boylan's desk. He actually uses that as his real wow. desk. And then um, behind that, out of the shot, it, they basically say over the, the I don't know you call it, the speaker, they say Taimane is from Hawaii, will be performing for lunchtime. It's during lunch um, if you want to come check her out. Um, and so anyone who's interested who works in NPR will come and uh, watch the show. So it's, it, there's no audience, like there's no, you can't buy to watch it. It's very intimate. It's basically anyone who works at NPR can come and, and, and watch the show. And then I feel like they were um, internists. I, they were very young people doing the um, video, the vi videography. Um, so there was a lot of fresh faces there. All the unpaid interns. <laughs> what a cool place to work though, right? You can just lunch break and you see a concert, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. You know, I noticed on those Tiny Desk concerts that a lot of artists that come in like they don't do their hit songs. They'll do like kind of like B-side and kind of like obscure stuff. Do they, do they tell you to do that? Or is it just that's kind of what people do? So what, so Bob told me, okay, you have about 15 minutes to do something. And then when you get there, your sound check is basically you playing the whole set that you're going to do. And then he's, he stands there and you're just like doing this the whole time. And so I think he's just judging like to make sure the time is right. He told me to cut out one of the songs, which is totally fine. And that was it. He was like, do the rest. Everything was great. So I guess they kind of just, you know, look oh. at what you do. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's so cool. And, and if I'm not mistaken, were, were you the one that had like P Diddy that shared one of your stuff on Twitter uh -huh. or something like that a long time ago? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, oh, that was like five years ago. I think it was on Facebook. And it wasn't my video. It was a fan who, I guess, videoed me at, in San Diego. And uh, for some reason, it just, you know, you never know what, what's going to happen. And so that one, P, P. Diddy shared. That was that one. Yeah. Awesome. And, then, and then I had another one like, two, like a year ago or two years ago of me just sitting at my house rehearsing with my guitarist i just put like my iphone on you know my pillow and that one went viral you never really know what people right. connect with yeah and and so my my thought was uh, when you were talking about that the tiny desk and then the pdd stuff is you know for the uh artists out there you never know who's out there watching you right i mean you can be uh playing on a rock and in Central Park or whatever, like Jake, or you know, doing your thing in, in New York and Taimane, uh, P. Diddy shares your thing, and next thing you know, you're like getting views from all over the world or whatever. Just never know, right? So yeah, yeah. And it's it very goes, mm -hmm. yeah, it goes uh, good and bad, right? So if you're uh, if you're huffing paint 
behind a, a bathroom in a bathroom stall somewhere and if someone feels that it, you got, yeah. it, it's kind of crazy are the ones they catch yeah faster yeah. than you. yeah right 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 <laughs> but it, it is insane this world we live in now where you just don't know what is going to take off and what is not and you know when we do the high session shoots people come in and and you know they're good like i and there's some that i think oh this is amazing and then uh you know it, it does okay but it doesn't get in there's stuff that went viral that I thought, wow, I have no idea why that went viral or why people are should... It's just, uh, you just got to put out content and enjoy what you do, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, uh, yeah. You're right. So, so you say, so you're the cook in the, in the, uh, in the family. Like, uh, what, what do you like to, what do you like to cook? You must be, well, the, the yoga and the, uh, the yoga and the, and the astrology and all that, I'm assuming there's no meat. Um, I'm mostly vegetarian. I, I'm a loose Most. vegetarian. So okay, all right. I don't, I don't cook meat at home, but whenever we go out to a restaurant, um, you know, maybe I'll have a little bit of lamb. So I like a little meat here and there. Okay, I'll have, right. you okay. know, chicken soup. Like, you know, my partner likes to make chicken soup. So yeah, I'm not like strict about it, but I try not to eat that much meat. I tried to do the beans um, and the tofu for the most part for, for protein and mung beans. Mung beans are actually have a lot of protein. Right. And it is healthy. I will admit that, that it, it is a healthier way to go. It's just that meat is so good. Yeah. It's so hard to give mm -hmm. up. I can't give up meat. I can't give up bacon. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Maple bacon. Yeah. Meat. Yeah. Well, bacon's, my, uh, bacon's a meat. Bacon's like a food group on its own. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. For you, bacon is like vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it's a garnish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. You like bacon. I tried that um Starbucks fake meat biscuit thing in the morning. And my sister in law bought it for me in the morning one day. Well, impossible. Yeah. She goes, try it if it's good. I'm like, oh. it's good for fake meat, I guess. But I mean, if you can just get real meat, just eat the real meat, you know? But. I guess people can dig it, but man, that was weird tasting to me. Really? I can tell it's fake. You can tell. There's a lot of people who cannot, you know, they just... They I know. But it's probably people that don't eat meat in the first place. I don't know. I just like the fact yeah. that it didn't have any gristle in it. Uh, That's the yeah. only problem. You eat those sausage patties and stuff, and all of a sudden you get these weird gristly things in it. Sorry, this is going to totally turn you off even more to me. <laughs> money, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You get those little grisly things and you go, Ooh. like my wife, my wife, if she hits one of those, she can't eat anymore. Really? Really? Yeah. She'll be, she be eating something. She hits a piece of gristle or something. And she's like, nope, done. Then she'll put it away. My daughter's a And then what, you eat it? Oh, yeah, I totally do. <laughs> <laughs> I eat all that stuff. I've been trying to cut back on the, on the sodas and stuff again. Yeah. I've been going kind of nuts. And so, like, I've been slowly... So now, like after after dinner, I'd only drink water. I'm trying to like just keep moving that closer and closer so that it's just earlier and earlier in the day. But man, meat and soda—that's tough for me. Yeah. <laughs> meat and soda. Yeah. That's good that you eat earlier. You know, I eat. I don't eat breakfast. I eat till like I eat at noon. So I eat lunch, like lunch till eight, and then the rest I don't. I, you know, I have my little matcha, and that's about that's about it. I don't know. We're all just trying to figure out what you know the healthiest thing is for our bodies, right? Yeah. Well, you you kind of don't have to worry because you're really skinny anyway. Like you've been that way. <laughs> well, since you were, I don't, I don't know, since you were like 15, 16, and I first saw you play, and then now you're 
you know, older than that, and you still look the same. So you're good. Well, that's it. <laughs> I had I, I I'm now 31. I've now hit the 30s. Are you serious? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm in second puberty, as they call when you go into puberty for the second time, and you see the changes. Yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, keep up with these these young ones. Yeah. 31 is still BB. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hit me in Devin's age. <laughs> you're still, yeah. You're still almost an entire drinking age person younger than us. So yeah, yeah. And, and healthy habits, right? And uh, Tamara, you've been playing Kamako ukuleles, right, this whole time? Uh, well, I play all different types, but Kamaka is my main main babies. Uh, but I play, you know, other 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 type ukuleles too. And a little bit of guitar. Yeah. How many different uh, ukuleles do you own? Oh, I have like seven or eight, oh, like eight maybe. And then I had to take some home to like my dad's house just because I have like a one bedroom apartment and there was there wasn't any space. So yeah. <laughs> do you still own your first one? I do. Yeah. I bit. can grab it if you want. Yes, yeah, so like, I want to see it. Okay. I'll be right back. Alright. <laughs> it is. It's a Kamaka. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's a, a concert size is what I used to perform with. And then I used to like... Can you oh, show us the back again? What was that on the back? Hello? You froze when you were showing us the back of it. But what is on the back? Yeah, what is that? Um, My song list. So this oh, is my list. set list, basically. Oh. And my wow. Yeah, when I would go on the street, this would be nice. Almost. Am I still freezing up? Yeah, a little bit here and there. We'll but fix it. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I can't do nothing, man. It is what it is, but it's all good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that's a old school Kamaka. And that one, that one's a plug-in. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, you're a little young, but uh, back in the day. Back when Jake and I started, they used to, we never had the plug, you know, we, there was no plug for the ukuleles. Mm -hmm. And so you had this thing that you could buy at Easy Music that was basically like a little, looked like the Neuralink, yeah. little circular thing and you stuck it with <laughs> yeah. gum to yeah. your ukulele and then you, you got a rubber band <laughs> and you would wrap it around the ukulele and then that's how you would get the amplification. And those things sucked, man. They were so <laughs> bad. Didn't Jake have like some kind of paper across the um the hole to prevent feedback too? Yeah, yeah. So Jake had the paper across his ukulele to prevent feedback. But I remember those days when we had. A, I probably have video of that of when we used to play like uh, graduation parties and stuff. And he had that old, and, and yeah, that was that was so horrible. When you think about now, like the technology and even like well, even Taimani would be in this camp. But when Taimani was coming up, she didn't have YouTube. Like she couldn't YouTube. Uh, how to play ukulele and get a bunch of people to so she had to go to like lessons lessons lots like of lessons with jake too he was one of my teachers and bruce too oh wow. yeah wow yeah. How, did, how did that come about uh with jake or with bruce B both of them yeah. Yeah. well my dad found jake i have no idea it was back in the day where he was just um teaching out of his apartment i think like oh yeah my area, like Yolani area, Yolani school area. And then um, I found Bruce through Jake, you know, at Ukulele Essence, I think, or was his place in Kaimuki with Jody okay. at the time. Okay. In Kaimuki. Okay. 
Bruce is Jake's brother, for, for those of you who don't know, yeah. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense, because I do remember him giving lessons out of his uh, apartment back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything. But uh, Devin, <laughs> yeah. why, don't we, why don't we do the three album question? Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, we ask every guest, um, three albums, you Desert Island Discs, three albums that either influenced you or uh, that you would take with you on a Desert oh. Island. But uh, the only thing is that they can't be greatest hits albums. Oh, okay. Uh, um, number one, this is, okay, okay. So the first one is actually a movie, um, but the movie, the movie score I love, have you know the fountain that movie came out like 10 years ago maybe even 15 hello one more time hello the, the, the name of <laughs> should the movie I, should i move i don't or know yeah can you get a little can... closer to your uh wi-fi hub or something <laughs> yeah hold on a really nice painting though in the background oh, i know they... yeah, it's very pretty yeah. well yeah this is a mirror, so I don't know how that's gonna work. Is that okay? Oh, that's Is good. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay. Much nicer than my house. That's why I have yeah. this facing yeah. out a closet. Seeing you twice is much better than seeing us twice, so it's fine. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, first one, movie. Uh, well, the movie score is The Fountain. It came out okay. uh, about ten years ago. Oh, God, I love that movie by Darren Aronofsky. This one, they're trying to find the fountain of youth. Is that it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Wolverine. I don't know. His, yeah. What's his Hugh name? Jackman. Wolverine. Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. Right. And Rachel, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Weiss. I don't know how you say it. Weiss, so the music yeah. was the Cronus Quartet, and it was just, oh, my God. Wow. And I then. Okay. Very existential movie. Okay. Yeah. And then the second one, I mean, it's so weird. They're all movies. The second one is Virgin Suicides. Um, oh, wow. I believe, what was the, ba the band uh, who did that? I think. They're called the Air, and they did all the music for Virgin Suicides. So when you're mentioning all this music, there's no vocals. It's all instrumental mostly. Yeah, I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, all instrumental, and then um, and then maybe Evanescence, just because they were such a huge inspiration. They're um, what was it? The Bring Me to Life album. Oh yeah, yeah. So just that is such a great song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was air that did the virgin suicide. So yeah, we're right on with that. Okay, wow, that's a real interesting. Yeah, those are yeah, we like those. Those are cool. So so not only would you be taking music with you to this desert island, but you would also be bringing the memories of the movies, right? Because when you yeah. play the soundtrack. Yeah, music for me is very visual. Like they have to be hand in hand together. Like whenever I write music, I write to like images or like. A movie in my head so for me they go out like with a movie and music together hmm. yeah so does one uh, does one come to you before the other I mean do you hear a do you hear a progression and then you go okay this is the visual that goes with it or do you see a visual sometimes and go oh I need to mm. put some yeah I like to create moods so like I'll think of like what would it be like if I was on a yacht you know what type of music would be playing on this this yacht um, and then the score would happen or if I was in Tahiti and we were watching the sunset together and having a nice glass of wine in the water, what would the music be behind that? Do you hear lyrics too sometimes, even if you're writing an instrumental? They come like a little bit later. First is melody. Melody's number one, like instrumental. And then I'll put 
on top of it later. But no, lyrics, not so much. They're more, more like oohs and ahs, ethereal oohs and ahs. And, mm. and I'll have to like use the brain and like, okay, I should actually write some lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we break to go to our Patreon uh, section, there was a, a question from at, at use on uh, Instagram. Do you have plans on visiting the UK next year? Oh. So someone from the UK is writing in to see if you'll be up there. Um, is this live? Are people like... No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. this, I, I posted earlier and then I asked if anybody... Yeah. Got it. Uh, well, honestly, everything's kind of up in the air. My manager, Mark, he's insane. He's like, okay, March, we're going to be going and doing a <laughs> West Coast tour California, Portland. I'm like, okay, like, all right, sure. And, you know, everything really is up in the air. But um, I will definitely be coming to the UK and Europe at least once or twice. I have a, a German booking agent now. So, I oh. mean, Europe and the UK are definitely, you know will be on my list when it is time to get back into touring. Is there any place you haven't been yet that you'd like to go to? Um, so funny is you asked me that because there was one place and I can't remember. Um, I've always wanted to go to India just because I love the music there and what they wear um, and the food. But nothing that, I mean, I love Greece too. I really do. Like the Greek mythology, I would, I mean, it just looks beautiful. But, um, Couple places here and there. I'm really enjoying being at home right now. But, uh, I know, right? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take a short break and uh, sign off with Taimani on our main line, and then go to our Patreon. But thank you so much, Taimani, for doing this. Appreciate it. And for our listeners, aloha. <laughs> <laughs>